reproduction is our next most basic instinct after survival, right? Your body wants to survive and then your next instinct is to reproduce. So if you're not able to reproduce or you have an irregular cycle or you have PCOS, this is a red flag that there's something deeper going on. And I don't think that we should ignore that. So get to the root cause, tackle it head on. And that's going to look a little bit different for everybody, but I would not take no for an answer when it comes to fixing it. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Ray Ann Mullins, your guide on this quest to a vivacious life. Join me as we uncover the keys to ditch inflammation, conquer fatigue, and stride confidently towards a harmonious, health-filled existence. This podcast is your compass to a balanced and fit lifestyle. So get ready to elevate your wellness game and embrace the vibrant, high-quality life that you deserve. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. This is Ray Ann Mullins, your host. Today, our special guest is Carly Henderson. She is a polycystic ovary syndrome expert, PCOS. So welcome to the show, Carly. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad that you could um, join me today. I asked Carly on today because Most of you know that I am working with people with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. And I want to say that polycystic ovarian syndrome and Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism and all these different autoimmune type conditions all kind of run in the same family, sort of. So I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to learn more about it. And even if you as a listener don't have PCOS, it is very likely that you know somebody in your your world that's either like your daughter, your sister, your friend, your cousin, your aunt, um, granddaughter. There's so many women in our lives that may very well have something like PCOS. So, so thank you so much for joining us. And can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Carly? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a certified holistic nutritionist. I'm a premier health coach and the founder of Charisma Nutrition. Um, Like you said, I specialize in helping women with PCOS get pregnant, lose weight, and get rid of their symptoms naturally without the overwhelm. Um, Really, after struggling with my own weight and my hormones for most of my life, eventually I was able to get a grip on my hormones and my PCOS, and I lost over 68 pounds and regulated my cycles naturally. I'm now a mom to two busy boys, Brody and Bennett. They are three years old and almost 10 months old, even though I was told that IVF was going to be my only option. Wow. That's amazing. I love, love, love that. Love that story. Well, I think that's great. So you, you said something to me earlier that you didn't even really plan to be a nutritionist or to work with nutrition until you had this experience. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, back in, we're going back here like 2018 ish. Um, you know, I just gotten married. I was a financial advisor actually at the time, my husband and I just bought a house. You know, we already had our stable jobs. We had a dog, we had two cats, we bought our house, you know, we came off, I came off birth control and nothing happened. We wanted to grow our family and really nothing was happening. So you know, I was getting so stressed and depressed. My weight was climbing. I gained about 50 pounds. I even had to take a leave of absence from work. Um, When I did finally find a fertility specialist in a bigger city about an hour away, she did luckily tell me that I had PCOS. I mean, 
not luckily, but at least right. it was a diagnosis. At least I had a label. So that was a little bit validating. Um, but really, I mean, she just gave me a couple pills like metformin and Provera to bring on a period, told me to lose some weight and come back, you know, in six months if I still didn't have a period or get pregnant. So, you know, fast forward through several failed rounds of fertility treatments like letrozole, which is actually a pill for breast cancer. Little did I know. Um, Unfortunately, she said, it looks like the only way I'm going to have kids is through IVF. So really, I mean, we just didn't know what else to do. We were kind of at a loss. I mean, we went on the IVF waiting list, but it's not really the plan that we wanted to do. So I think when I hit my all time low, I decided, you know, enough is enough. I don't want to be a victim anymore. And I decided to take my health and my fertility into my own hands. I was tired of feeling like I didn't understand my body and that I was broken. Why, you know, why couldn't I do what I was designed to do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I went back to school for nutrition and started taking all the courses, genetics and lab work and everything hormones and, you know, starting a living a lower tox life, which I think has made a huge difference. And, you know, the results were there and people started reaching out. So I just started helping people and I was able to see the results for them too. So I realized, wow, like I really have something here. You know, I've got my two boys naturally. We didn't end up going through IVF and, you know, many of the clients that I work with don't need it either. Um, but that's amazing. Yeah. That's no really financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's funny because um, we have, we have such a similar story. I mean, I'm much older than you, but I also was a financial advisor and stopped doing that to pursue my passion too. And at the time it was not Hashimoto's. It was actually fitness, but it's funny, like just very similar. And then I too went through a very similar situation with Hashimoto's and getting the diagnosis and, you know, obviously not, it wasn't a fertility issue for me, but, um, but anyway, very similar story and how that Mm -hmm. the passion has pursued into coaching. So I think that's really cool. All right. So can you actually just tell us, let's just go to very basic, like what actually is PCOS? So the name is actually a little bit misleading. So polycystic ovarian syndrome um, basically means you have multiple cysts on your ovaries. That's what you kind of think of when you hear the name, but that is actually not accurate. So if you have two of the following three symptoms, um, you can actually be diagnosed with PCOS. So definitely confirm with your doctor to rule things out like Hashimoto's and some you know other similar things but PCOS is actually the most common disorder that affects women of childbearing age. So if you have signs of high androgens, so think acne, facial hair, um, even if it's only like a few chin hairs or you know thinning head hair. Um, so if you have signs of high androgens, if you do show cysts on your ovaries in an ultrasound, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, Um, and if your cycles are irregular and by irregular, I mean 35 days or more apart. So if you have two of those three things, there's a very good chance that you have PCOS. Um, and the cysts that you see on the ultrasound are actually not cysts in the general sense. Like when you think of a cyst, it's really like a, 
you know, something that's filled with liquid or pus, or, you know, you think of kind of nasty things like that. Yeah. And, and there are such things as ovarian cysts, but the cysts and PCOS are different in that they're basically like a follicle that didn't mature all the way. So it didn't make it to ovulation. So that's because your hormones are out of whack and your body tries to invest all of its energy, puts all of its eggs in one basket, so to speak, and yeah. really tries to get that egg to maturation so that it can ovulate and become a baby. But if your testosterone or your androgens are too high, your insulin is too high, or you've got high inflammation or likely a combination of all of these things, the egg is not really going to be the best quality, right? And your body doesn't want to set itself up for failure. So, you know, it just kind of gives up on that egg and moves on to the next one and moves on to the next one and the next one. So all of these little hash, your quote unquote cysts are really just eggs that didn't make it all the way to ovulation. Wow. That is really interesting. I did not know that. Wow. Um, yeah, it can be I'm frustrating. And that's why your cycle is so long because you're not ovulating, right? Like your body yeah. keeps trying and trying and trying. Um, and it's just not happening. Right. So eventually, hopefully it happens, but then your egg quality is still not the best, right? Right. That totally makes sense. Wow. All right. So, so at what point would somebody, I guess, decide to go get a diagnosis or, or do you think it's important to actually have a diagnosis? Um, yes and no. I think it is important to take PCOS seriously, whether or not you're trying to conceive because PCOS gives you, um, a lot more likelihood to develop other things in life, like cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes is huge. There are so many other risks that go along with PCOS that I think everybody should take it seriously. Okay. But on the other hand, um, I know it is sometimes difficult to get a, a formal diagnosis because it is technically a syndrome. The way my PCOS presents might be a little bit different from somebody else. Yeah. Um, like I struggle with weight and I used to have facial hair and you know, cravings and just like achy joints and fatigue where somebody else might have totally different symptoms, but they okay. still technically have PCOS. So while having that blood work and that formal diagnosis can be helpful, I don't think it's actually necessary to move forward to actually start your path to healing. So luckily based on symptoms alone um, and working with somebody who knows PCOS, like a nutritionist, for example, um, they're usually your best option just make sure you find the right person. Okay. No, I love that. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something I wasn't really planning on telling you, but this is really interesting. <laughs> so when I, um, when I was gosh, late twenties, um, my husband and I too decided we wanted to maybe have a baby and I actually have two of the three symptoms. I had very high, like I had ultrasounds on or ultra cysts on ultrasound and also irregular cycles, like six, seven months apart. And, Whoa. um, but I didn't have at the time, at the time my weight problems came later, but at the time I didn't really have a weight problem, um, or hair. So they literally, they said, well, you can't have it cause you don't have extra hair. So this was a while oh. ago, 20 years, 22 okay. years, years ago. So maybe since then more has been learned for sure. But but anyway, they told me the same thing. They're like, you're just not going to be able to, you're not going to have, they told me like, don't even have, you're not even going to have kids. And so I just stayed on birth control just in case, like, well, actually I got on birth control to have a period. And, and then I was like, well, I might as well stay on it to keep my periods going just to stay whatever, if it mattered or not. 
And the funny thing is I stopped birth control pill and in less than a month I was pregnant. So thinking we weren't going to have a pregnancy without IVF or like something. So I do think like, I don't even know if that's really legit. I actually think for me, maybe it's been Hashimoto's all along, you know, or something similar, but because they do have very similar, there's some similar um, characteristics. Yeah. So, but anyway, I just think that's really interesting. Like, so my, the reason I wanted to tell you that is because it's, you know, like you said, people could have different symptoms and have a different thing, but it really could be the same. Yeah. So it sounds like you are, there are different types of PCOS. So based on those criteria, there's type A, B, C, and D, depending on which two of the three, or if you have all three symptoms, those are the four different types. Um, And it sounds like you would be a type D or type four. So if you have irregular cycles and Mm -hmm. assist on your ovaries, but you don't necessarily have signs of high androgens, then technically, I mean, you would have PCOS and Um, A lot of that comes from adrenal dysfunction, which we know has a huge overlap with thyroid. So it sounds like you are in, I think it's about 20% of women who have both and you would be classified as lean PCOS, which makes sense because you're the exercise lady. Yeah. (laughs) And that happens a lot with people who are super active and fit. Their PCOS kind of is invisible, right? I mean, wow. Their symptoms are a lot less severe, but say you stopped exercising, say you had an injury or something and you were not able to exercise and, you know, maybe your eating went out the window and you started gaining weight. I would bet my bottom dollar that you would start getting those signs of high androgens and your cycles would go away. And, you know, birth control, actually, I'm sure you know this, but doesn't give you uh, a cycle, right? It's an right. artificial feed, right? So I mean, it really bothers me that women are given the pill when they have PCOS because um, I can go into the causes of it, but really it makes the causes much worse. Like insulin resistance, for example, up to 80% of us with PCOS have insulin resistance and birth control, whether it's the pill or whatever hormonal type you're on can make that insulin resistance up to 30% worse over time. That's, I'm so glad you said that. I, I didn't realize that about birth control. Yeah, Um, doing that. That's really interesting. And it just shows how, how misinformed women are about these things, you know, like for all those years, I thought I was regular because I was getting a period, but I was not actually, I was chemically. They they don't tell you that. They really don't explain that. They just say, here, take this pill so that you don't get endometrial cancer. But it's like, when you put somebody on the birth control pill or, you know, whatever hormonal birth control, I'm kind of using the pill as a collective term, but you're at much higher risk for so many other things. Like just for example, like blood clots, that's a huge one, right? Whether you're a smoker or not, if you have PCOS, um, your hormones are already out of whack and you're already at a higher risk of cardiovascular issues. Now giving somebody the pill, it's just, exasperating and putting a bandaid on all these other symptoms. So yeah. Wow. No, that's, I think that's so important for people to hear that. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, now you mentioned, I don't know if you want to get into it or not, but could you give a quick description of the different types? So you said A, B, C, and D or one, two. Yeah. So A would be, I mean, you have all the symptoms, right? Okay. Um, B would be, you have, you know, high androgens and SIF. Um, and then C would be, you have the cyst. I'm trying to just picture the chart. That's okay. in my head. 
But basically you have um, the irregular cycles and the cysts, and then the other one, you just have no high androgens. Okay. So basically just picture those three symptoms and either you have all three or you have these two, these two, or these two. These two. Yeah. That makes complete sense. And actually that really, gosh, it would have been nice to know that 22 years ago. (laughs) So that's Rotterdam criteria. So that was actually back in, I think, 1993 or something that came out. They are thinking of changing it because there are like the androgen portion, um, a lot of specialists think that you must have high androgens to have PCOS, but at the current criteria, um, that's false. You could even have like upper, upper, you know, upper ranges in the normal level. Um, but even for like AMH or anti-malarian hormone, for example, all those eggs or cysts that are stuck in your ovaries, um, usually this is something that's tested to test how many eggs are left in your reserve. Say somebody in like their late thirties, who wants to have a baby. They usually oh. get this to see, you know, what your chances of having kids are, but women with PCOS, it's chronically elevated because they have these larger eggs sitting in their ovaries that give off more of this hormone. So it can be really misleading. Wow. That is going to be, you know, that's potentially another marker of PCOS that they could use for diagnosis. So there's a few other things that are kind of in the works. And I think probably in the next 10 years, some of the diagnostic criteria might change. Yeah. Um, but that's just one example. Wow. Okay. Well, I think that's really interesting. So you have talked about, you know, I've heard you say insulin resistance quite a yeah. few times. So can you tell me more? I mean, I know from my standpoint, what I do for insulin resistance with Hashimoto's, but can you tell our listeners like what like kind of treatment you would help somebody with or how you would help them manage insulin resistance and, or the other symptoms? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the main drivers of PCOS that I see are insulin resistance, inflammation, um, adrenal dysfunction, so your high stress hormones, and then there's one called post pill PCOS, but really we just treat that the same as the other ones. Okay. Um, so for insulin resistance, for example, basically, um, I don't want people to be alarmed, but I kind of treat it as an intolerance to processed carbs or refined carbs. Okay. Right. I wouldn't think of it as the same as like a gluten intolerance or a dairy intolerance, but your body does not process carbs properly the way that it should. Right. So instead of overwhelming your body with all of these carbs, we try to balance your plate. So pairing these carbs with, you know, protein, healthy fats and fiber to slow the glucose spike, um, try to stick to lower GI carbs. And we try to avoid carbs at breakfast and try to have 30 grams of protein at breakfast. And that's going to support your blood sugar throughout the day. A lot of women with I struggle also with cravings and binge eating, and really that's the insulin resistance in the background, but they're not aware of that, right? They just think that they suck and they don't have willpower and you know what's wrong with them, but really it's your hormones driving all of these feelings. It's not your fault. You know, it's not, you're not just out of control. You don't just, you know, suck is what I hear a lot. Like, oh, I suck. Like I was out of control today. But really, it's your hormones playing that they're sending you these hunger signals to your brain, and that's the insulin resistance. So really trying to control your blood sugar and eat an anti-inflammatory diet is what's going to help. Awesome. I love that. That's It's almost exactly the same process with Hashi's. Um, well, because it's insulin resistance is right. insulin resistance. But I love that you said that because I think a big thing, as we know, in 
in our society. There's a lot of like, don't do this, a lot of shaming, a lot of, you know, like you hmm. shouldn't have this, you can't have this, you're bad food, good food. And, and I think that you and I are very similar in that it's not about good or bad. It's about like, what can you do to balance out your plate so that you feel better? Right. And I think so many people are confused too. Cause I, I mean, it sounds to me like you include carbs still. You just want to pick mm -hmm. the lower glycemic index, the better carbs, um, healthier versions, yeah. you know? And I think that that's really awesome. Instead of being like, you just can't have carbs. Like, yeah. Like would keto be effective for some people with PCOS? Sure. If you do it properly and you get enough vegetables and yeah. you know, berries and make sure you're getting all your nutrients in. Sure. I can, I have seen it be beneficial for some women, but most of the time it's just not sustainable. Like you live a yeah. life of restriction and you develop a really poor relationship with food. So I'm all about 80, 20 and I'm all about balance. So for example, this morning I had a coaching call with a client and she's like, oh, you know, this weekend, you know, I had my nephew's birthday party and I definitely had like a bunch of rice and a cupcake. And I'm like, okay, but what did you have for breakfast that day? And she did great. What did you have for lunch that day? She did great. And I'm like, okay, right. Like it's okay it's to have balanced, a life too. Right? <laughs> yeah. You have a life too, especially, you know, there's the holidays, there's going to be birthday parties, weddings, girls nights, like you can't be a hundred percent compliant all the time. Um, but I also encourage people to keep track of how they're feeling and then look back at what did you eat? Right. Where I don't track calories or anything like that, but it's good to just take note of, okay, what did I eat and how did I feel? Right. Yeah. And that way you can develop habits and is it worth it to have that cupcake? Because are you going to wake up tomorrow and feel like you're hit by a bus? Right. Right. And sometimes it's worth it. And sometimes it's depends worth it, on the right? cupcake. And, and if you want to have, as long as you had, you know, you knew that you were going to a birthday party and you made sure that your breakfast and lunch were great, then fine. Like enjoy your cupcake, right? Like you shouldn't totally. feel guilty about it. Oh, I love that. Uh, great. All right. So, um, what, like, what do you then, when you are working with somebody PCOS, what kind of, what does that process look like? Do you, what do you offer? Yeah. So right now I'm working with clients one-on-one. -on -one. I have a couple other things in the background. Like I have a new um, group program launching in the new year. Um, but for now working with my one-on-one -on -one clients, I usually work with them for 12 to 16 weeks. Okay. Um, it takes a while to actually get to the bottom of, you know, finding your root cause of your PCOS. Everybody's yeah. case is a little bit different. And then we kind of take a tailored approach from there, but basically we go through everything from nutrition, uh, sleep management, stress, environmental toxins, which are a huge problem for our hormones, um, supplements, we do fertility uh, support there, like tracking your cycle through the symptothermal method. So I teach women all about that because unfortunately those ovulation predictor kits and all the apps where you plug in your last period are just not accurate for PCOS, unfortunately, oh. at all. Um, and that's a lot due to insulin resistance. So I bet it would be similar for Hashis actually. Yeah, I um, bet so. If you don't have a regular cycle. So yeah, but basically we start off with an elimination diet. We go through different assessments and there is optional lab work where we can kind of look at the underlying causes. Um, the biggest thing I ask my clients at the beginning is, you know, if you saw a bathtub, you walk into your bathroom and your bathtub's overflowing with water, water's everywhere. Like what's the first thing you do? Do you turn off the tap or do you run and grab a mop? 
Yeah. Right. So we turn off the tap when you're working with me. I mean, the mop is great to have. And, you know, I think of those as band-aid approaches, like, you know, the fertility treatments and metformin and, you know, supplements have a time and place, but they're not going to fix everything. Right. So we focus on finding the tap, turning it off and mopping up the symptoms along the way. Um, but yeah, you excellent. get a meal plan. We, you know, meet bi-weekly over video. So yeah, it's I a love very, it. very, um, high touch program. Wow. I love it. That sounds really great. Um, okay. So we're going to kind of wrap it up here. What would you say, put you on the spot here. What is your number one tip for somebody who is newly diagnosed with PCOS? Do you have one thing? Yeah. Yeah. I would say get to the root cause and tackle it head on. So, you know, I don't think that your first step should be to take all these medications. I think that those are a band-aid, like I just said, like hiding your symptoms. Um, But I think if you get to the root cause, like reproduction is our next most basic instinct after survival, right? Your body wants to survive and then your next instinct is to reproduce. So if you're not able to reproduce or you have an irregular cycle or you have PCOS, this is a red flag that there's something deeper going on. And I don't think that we should ignore that. So get to the root cause, tackle it head on. And that's going to look a little bit different for everybody, but I would not take, I would not take no for an answer when it comes to fixing it. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. So Carly, where can our listeners listen or find you? Where can they find you? So I'm mostly on Instagram and I'm at charisma underscore nutrition, charisma spelled K-A-R-I-S-M-A. Kind of a little play on my name and the fact that when I got my PCOS under control, I got my charisma back. Oh, I love it. I I believe that everybody else can too. Yeah. Um, I do have a Facebook group called PCOS Fertility and Weight Loss. So you can join that. It's a totally free group, lots of support there. Um, and if you are trying to conceive, then I do have a free resource for you. It's called the PCOS to Pregnancy Fertility Planner. I normally charge 47 bucks for it, but for Ray Ann's listeners, you guys are going to get it absolutely free. Just follow me on Instagram and DM me the word planner and I'll send it to you. Awesome. And I will make sure that I link your Instagram and that Facebook group, if it's okay on, on the show notes for the, for the podcast. Yeah, for sure. The planner is awesome. It's like over 40 pages and it's, I love it. I spent a lot of time working on it. So I think it can really help. Oh, that's amazing. What a nice thing for you to do. Um, I really appreciate that. And so will they. Awesome. All right. Well, is there anything else you want everybody to know? I don't think so. I just want people to realize that just because you have PCOS doesn't mean that you can't have a baby and you know, you're stuck for the rest of your life. I mean, it is a lifestyle. It's not a life sentence Uh and you can definitely go into remission naturally. It may take some time. It may take some trial and error, but if you work with the right person who takes the time to get to know you and get to know your case, then I definitely am a firm believer that you can put it behind you. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I think that you are a great coach. I can, I can already tell that you're an awesome coach at this and definitely please contact Carly if you need help with this and check out her resources in the show notes. And Carly, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for Ann. And when it comes to hashies, uh, you are definitely my go-to resource. So thank you so much for being in my world. Um, and I can't wait to get to know you even more. Me too.
Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast today. Remember, while we've explored incredible tips and insights, none of this is to replace personalized medical advice. Always chat with your trusted physician or healthcare professional before making changes based on what you've heard today. Stay inspired, stay curious, and keep striving for that balanced fit and free lifestyle. Until next time, take care and keep thriving.